Blog Talk Radio.
where we can cry out that you are king, where we can cry out that you are Lord, where we can cry out that you are God, Jesus, that you alone are worthy, that your name alone is above every name. Father, you established the heavens from old. Lord, before the earth and its foundations were even formed, Lord, you had a plan for us, Lord. Before the foundations of the earth, you established and ordained a plan for our lives, Lord. Father, not that we would be great, Lord, but that we would know you. Father, to be your special people, Lord. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, Lord. Father, that you would establish us in your truth, establish us in your word, that we would be rooted and grounded in love, Father. Rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Father, that you would take our eyes off the worthless things of this world. Father, and set our eyes, set our minds, set our hearts upon your kingdom. Father, that we would boldly declare your kingdom has come to this earth, Lord. Not something that's far away, intangible, that we merely hope in, Father, but an active reality. Father, an active reality in this world and in our lives, Father, that you would begin to, through us, to change the very atmosphere around us, Father, through your presence, Lord. That your presence would rest upon us, Lord. Holy Spirit, that not only would you dwell in us, but you would dwell and rest upon us, Father, to change the very nature of the atmosphere around us, Father. That you would give us boldness to war against the principalities and heavenly places, Father, letting us know, Father, with all assurance that our authority does not just rest in human words, but our authority rests in the blood of Christ and the blood of our testimony. Father, Jesus, you said you have overcome, Lord. Father, that you would put your words in our mouths, Father. Holy Spirit, that you would put your words in our prayers. Father, that we can see the world as you see it, Lord. From one end to the other. You said as far as the east is from the rest, you have removed our sin and iniquity from us, Lord. And as far as the east is from the west, Lord, you have sought for intercessors. Lord, you have sought for men and women who would stand up and go into the nations declaring the kingdom of God is at hand. That thus says the Lord, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's interesting that in the Old Testament, more often than not, the Holy Spirit would come and rest upon prophets and kings, and the message was always repent for the kingdom. Well, it wasn't for the kingdom is at hand. It was repent or you're going to be destroyed. And now he's still speaks, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The words now are, all who come to me, I will not turn away. His words are, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. From the greatest to the least, for there is none different, for all have sinned and fallen short the glory of God. Father, that you would rescue the lost, Lord. That you would rebuke the devourer, Lord. 
Father, that you would break bondages and strongholds, Lord. Father, we come against the spirits of addiction, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we come against slavery. We come against sexual abuse in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord, we call and cry out for your justice in this land, Lord. Father, that from one nation to the other, Father, your righteousness would be known, Father. Your righteous right hand, Lord, would comfort and strengthen, uphold the Christians and those who call upon your name. Father, that you would send angels to minister to them, Father. Lord, that you would put a hedge of protection around them. Father, regardless of which nation they're in, Lord. Father, that you would cause your people to seek your face. Lord, that you would cause us to seek your face. It's so important to be fervent in our desire to seek him. You know, the Bible says that by him all things exist and consist and have their meaning, have their purpose. Not only through his word of life was the earth and the universe and the expanse of heaven created, But it's his very word that keeps the universe functioning. It's his very word that keeps this whole thing together. You know, I've been doing a a study on the book of Hebrews, and, you know, you can look at the book of Hebrews and the lives of the children of Israel and from the time they were delivered out of bondage by God's hand through Moses, through the wilderness, to through countless armies and enemies, and into the promised land which he promised. And, you know, looking at 40, 50-plus years of him moving and working in their mess, proving himself to be faithful, and true to keep his word from generation to generation. You would look in and a normal man would just want to give up and say, okay, well, I'm I'm done with this. You're, you're never going to listen. But he's not a man. He's God, the uncreated one, whose ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And his covenant forever. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, the Bible says that that which he started, he'll complete until the day of Christ. And, you know, the words that he has spoken into your life, the word that he spoke even when you're in your mother's womb, where he said, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. You know, those words were just as much true then as they are today, and they're just as much true today as they are tomorrow. From the time that you were born, um, before you were born, until you stand before him, his words will be true. And the words that he's spoken over your life, he is more than able to complete in Christ Jesus. And so I wanted to talk a little bit, um, just for a second, we're going to get back into some worship, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, 
the need and for a fervent desire to seek after his face, to seek after the voice of God, to hear his voice clearly. You know, there's uh, so many things in this world that can distract us from his voice. Um, growing up in the church, that we were always taught that, that idolatry, that an idol wasn't just something that you shaped and crafted with your hands and put it up on your mantle and said, this is my God. But an idol could be almost anything. An idol could be, or is pretty much anything that could draw your attention away from him. Anything that you honor and anything you value more than him. You know, some people say the money is the root of all evil, but it says the love of money is the root of all evil. And, you know, it's not always the thing that's most apparent that's actually the problem. You know, it's not that money's the problem. It's that the desire and the greed and the lack of trust and faith and your father to provide for you is a bigger issue. You know, anything that we let distract us from him, from who he is. You know, um, if you go throughout the Bible, um, there's a lot of truths. You know, and he is truth. But he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And that's that's it. And there wasn't a condition that was applied to that. Um, God, who knew all of us, who had a plan for our lives, um, knew the mess we were going to get in, uh, knew how bad the world was going to get. He sent prophets over and over again to declare the hope in Christ Jesus to point to him, to point to his love being poured out upon the cross for the world, that we would have redemption through the bondage of sin, that we would have eternal life through him and through him alone, through grace we are saved, through faith, as it says in Ephesians. And knowing everything that, you know, the Bible says that um, scarcely for a good man will someone die, but Christ demonstrates, God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And, you know, so he knows who we are. He knows everything about us. He formed and fashioned us. Jesus said, the very hairs on your head are numbered. Yet he, says, he still said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so, knowing that he is a God that cannot lie, then those words must be just as true back then, as, or just as true now as they are back then, and they don't change. And so what actually changes is our perception on what he is and on what he's able to do based on the things that we've allowed to take root and take hold in our in our minds, the pl things that we let become idols in our thought lives so that we have things that become more important than God. And maybe they don't, you don't think they're more important than God, but the things that you spend the most time on are the things that capture your heart. You know, it says in um, the book of Hebrews, um, chapter uh, 1, verse 10, and, he's, um, and this is Paul talking to the, to the, the new church. He said, and he's quoting, um, it says, You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth. And, oh, wait, that's not what I was reading. Sorry. We're going to skip over to chapter 3, verse 7. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. 
in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me. They saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation, and I said, They always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath they should not enter my rest. And he says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you, in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our confidence, steadfast to the end. You know, um, there's part of that verse that says, Therefore I was angry with them, with that generation. And I said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. You know, there's um, many Christians um, with the best intentions in the world of living out the Christian life, or who have their confidence rested in a prayer they made, but then they've never known to go any further with it. And the question becomes, when you're speaking about God, is he a God that you talk about, or is he a God you know? Is it just someone you've read about in a book? Is Jesus someone who you've read about or been told about, and you've given him your heart, and you've asked him to be Lord of your life, and that's it? Or is he someone you really know? Is he? Have you spent the time in his word, spent the time in his presence, so that he's not just a person, but he's a friend? You know, he's always speaking. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. Because he knew that... He, and he started to do then was to reveal the kingdom of heaven to his disciples and now the Holy Spirit having been poured out upon all of us still would like to reveal to us the things of the Father you know Jesus said if I have spoken to you of earthly things things that you can actually comprehend things that have a parallel talking to Nicodemus about um, being born again. And Nicodemus says, how can this possibly be? And Jesus is like, I'm trying to give you an earthly, I'm going to paraphrase here. Jesus says, I'm going to try to give you an earthly example, something that you can equate this to. You all can understand being born again. It's something that brings some kind of thought and some kind of memory or description to your head. So when I say you must be born again, you can understand the newness of life. And if I explain to you earthly things that have an earthly parallel and you can't believe me, how will you believe when I tell you heavenly things, things that you don't have any parallel for? If I reveal to you things of the kingdom that I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man, but you see, that's what... The Holy Spirit is wanting to reveal to us 
is the deep things of the heart of God to reveal his character, to reveal his nature to us so that he's not just someone we read about in a book, but he's someone we have a relationship with, someone we have an experience with, someone we actually know face to face. You know, the children of Israel were afraid to go to the mountain for whatever things and whatever hang-ups they had, afraid to go up to the mountain and to the point where God said, you can't go up to the mountain. And But Moses goes up there, and, you know, God said that he spoke to Moses face-to-face as a friend speaks to a friend, and which was a covenant that was passing away, a season and a time to point toward the future hope that we would have in Christ Jesus, just a mere shadow of the things to come where we, we would be filled with his Holy Spirit, where Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that we could become spiritual, like become spirit, like he is spirit, that our spirits would come alive in Christ Jesus, that we could have intimacy and we could have fellowship and we could have friendship with the Most High God. Jesus said, ask what you will and it shall be done. But then he said, you don't have to ask me, but ask the Father yourself and he will hear you. I mean, if you just stop for a second and think about it. God, the creator of heaven and earth, desires to have conversation with us, desires to speak to us and have us speak to him, just like he did to Abraham. But not just in the time of need, but all the time. He desires to speak to us. The honor and the privilege to be able to commune, to speak with the Most High God, to be able to hear His voice, to be able to know His heart, to know the things that move Him. And that's what He desires for us. That's what He desires for His church. Not that one or two individuals here or there would carry some special anointing. That one or two people here and there would carry some great mantle of authority. Because the authority is in the name of Jesus Christ. The anointing is in the Holy Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, which was poured out upon all flesh. There is no difference. Because he's made us all to be priest and king. He made us all to be children of God. He made us all to be seated with Christ in heavenly places, blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so the question becomes, what could possibly be more important than knowing him? What could be more important than coming face to face and knowing your creator? Bible says that when we pray, we know we have the things that we ask of Him, which can only be true if we believe that He hears our voice, which the Word declares. But yet, the world would try to deceive you, 
the things of the world, television and news and everything, I mean, anything. I mean, I still like watching news, but it's really depressing. And it's always negative and the world is ending and there's no hope anywhere. And it seems like the world and television and everything in general has fallen into sin, which it was going to, because they don't follow him, um, because they don't want to come to him, because their evil deeds will be exposed, which is the reason people don't come to the light, the reason they're atheists, because, not because they really don't believe in him, but because they're afraid to, because when you, when you finally believe and you accept that he is who he is, then it causes you to make a choice in how you're going to live. And nothing can change, and nothing will ever be the same from that point. But if we know his word is true, then we have no excuse not to intercede and pray for the injustice in the world. We have no excuse not to pray and intercede for our families and our friends and our neighbors and our churches and our pastors and for the countless millions in this world who don't know his voice. You know, um, there's not many times that Jesus gave commands. Um, I mean, just a few lessons. And then, you know, and then he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the fields. You know, if you want to know, what do I pray? You pray that you would know him and the power of his resurrection, like Paul said. That I may know you and the power of your resurrection. That the revelation of your resurrection, your death and resurrection and your blood over my life has set me free from the, from sin and death. That I can walk in the freedom in Christ Jesus. That the enemy has no control over me because I am a child of the Most High God filled with the Spirit of God. And you pray that he would send laborers into the field. And you intercede and you fight back the principalities and powers declaring, and all you have to do to fight back principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age is to stand fast in the Lord. It says, resist the devil and he will flee. And then you declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, I'm here in the United States. And I don't have to go to China to declare that Christ is Lord. Right here where I'm sitting... I'm still in the presence of the Most High God because there's nowhere I can go that He's not. From right here, I can come into agreement with Him, with His words, and declare that Christ is Lord over China, that Christ is Lord over Russia, that Christ is Lord over the United States, that Jesus Christ is Lord over Australia and over Africa, and come into agreement with Him upon his words, that he is true. And that his name is great. And that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, and that the enemy has no authority. You know, all that intercession is, is coming to the Father and agreeing with him upon his words. 
and being the person to stand in the gap on behalf of a world that doesn't know him. You know, Abraham stood in the gap for Sodom and Gomorrah for two entire cities where only a tiny handful, like four, knew who he was. But yet Abraham stood in the gap that his hand wouldn't destroy them all and that some would be saved. And that's the things of his heart. You know, the Bible says that he is not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. That means the people that we hate the most, the people that get on our worst nerves, yep, he's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. The people that are the worst sinners, not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. But we know it's not just words that save, but it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And as the Bible said, how can someone, a preacher go if he's not sent? We also must pray for his hand to move, for the Holy Spirit to touch the hearts of the lost, to open their eyes that are blind to open their ears that they can hear his voice that they could receive the gift of eternal life which is just there waiting for them if they're willing to receive him this is uh, prayer international radio we're going to go into some worship if you need prayer give us a call 619 619- Six three eight eight four five eight, and we'll be right back. I hear a roar out of Zion. I hear a cry, saints in Judah forth. I see dark clouds, but I see a light. I see an army of warriors, hope deferred within. I hear a voice saying, can these tribes live? Can these tribes live? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yeah. 